Hi, I'm Lucy James, and I listen to the One Up Gaming podcast. Hi, I'm Keith Allen, and I play Murphy on Z Nation, and I listen to One Up Gaming podcast. Take your certified badass when you play. This week we are sponsored by Audible. Want to listen free to interesting movies and books? Try the Audible 30-day trial and join Audible today and you can enjoy your first listen free. Of course, if you don't like your audio books, then you can exchange it free for another. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.audibletrial.com and try the Audible 30-day trial right now. And we're live, it's 1UP Gaming, it's me David, and we've got Chris. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, that's about as far as I got there. Oh yeah, well done. I guess, have you heard of this Brit exit thing, the European exit, whatever the hell? Yeah, no, it's going on all over NZ as well, everyone's talking about it. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Yes, I don't know, no one seems happy about it. From from what I'm hearing over here, everyone I've heard talk about it seems really like, I can't believe this happened. Well, it's... I mean, I'll be honest. I voted to leave the union, European Union. Right. And it's one of those things, though, where I wanted change. I wanted things different. And so I thought I would vote to leave. But I honestly thought... No one else would. Yeah. You know, so I'm actually really surprised that other people... That it went this way, yeah. Yeah. And it was quite a good turnout. It was like 72% or something. Really? Yeah, which I thought was not too bad. (laughs) That's, yeah, I mean... I don't know, I just, like, as someone who actually lives there, like, what were the benefits you saw in leading? Because, I, as I say, I've just had a very, from New Zealand, it's very, it's been very one way of everyone is like, I can't believe this happened, this is awful. From, at least, you know, my limited social groups. Right then, so the main thing for me was the simple fact that, I mean, I've run my own business years ago, and... That was an absolute horrible experience doing all that. And when I've actually that I had to basically claim bankruptcy basically from the business mm. then you know, I just didn't seem to get any help whatsoever from like the government or whatever and they're all tied up with all these laws and European unions and yeah. And then when I actually was working full time, I was on say like a thousand pound a month. Yeah. And now about 10 years later, where bread's gone up from like 30 pence to about basically a pound a loaf or whatever, like, mm. you know, like everything's gone up, but yet I'm yeah. still on the exact same wage as what I was on like 10 years ago. Right. Okay. You know, so I mean, to me, it's easier for a single union to govern themselves rather than 
having like 30 people, 30 countries all together, all trying to govern themselves while listening to what other people want them to do. Yeah. So that's you why know, that I wanted sense. to do it. I just wanted faster change, quicker change. And, but you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, I guess I will just ask you, what have you been playing this week? We'll keep away from politics. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to start. What do you think of the Brit- the British politics? Um, <laughs> um, I, okay, so I've I've jumped around a bit. It's been a little while since we we last spoke about what I've been playing. All right, Digimon Cyber Sleuth. <laughs> I have I have yeah I know it's an ongoing joke. I've quit it. I, I, okay, I got to a point where, like, my brother was sitting with me, and, like, we're sitting there playing it together, and he turns to me, like, and he, he turns to me and he went, this is, this is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen you play, Chris. And I went, <laughs> and I went, why, why do you think that? And he's like, I've sat here next to you for 40 minutes, and we've read the most repetitive dialogue I've ever seen about you going and trying different rice dishes. This is called Digimon Cyber Sleuth, and you've just walked around and read dialogue, not even heard it, read dialogue on a screen of a character describing what they think of several rice dishes. At that point, right, I then check my progress. I'm like, okay, I'm on, like, the 10th chapter of the game. There mustn't be long to go. I've sunk in 26 hours now. I go online, there are 20 chapters in the game. I am halfway <laughs> through after sinking in 26 hours. No. No, I was out. I was like, nah, I've, I hate doing it, but I'm, I'm not going to finish it. I hate it. I hate not finishing games, but I was like, that's it. I'm sorry, Digimon Cyber Sleuth, you have overstayed your welcome. So, moved on. Uh, played and beat in a couple days the, the Ratchet & Clank reboot. Uh, was that any good? I actually really enjoyed it. It um, when when people are talking about the whole idea of like it looks like a Pixar film, like the cutscenes genuinely do look like they are like made by the studios who make Finding Dory and you know Up and all those kind of movies. Like the the cutscenes look phenomenal. Um, they really changed up the story from the original, which I actually kind of really liked. They they did it in a way that it was like the story was like samey enough that you could go into levels that you played 10 years ago and be like, holy shit, look how good this level I played when I was, like, 10 looks. But at the same time, they changed up the story enough that it was like, you didn't feel like you knew every kind of beat in the entire game. You didn't go, okay, now it's this part, now it's this part, because that would have got kind of boring. They add all these little twists and these jokes, and they change up the story and the characters enough that it's like it feels like its own game. Uh, and they did it in a clever way as well, because the, the entire game isn't actually, um, a remake of the first game. It's Captain Quark retelling his idea of what happened in the first game. So he, like, fluffs up parts, or, you know, and you can imagine, like, okay, this is different to the original, maybe he's telling it wrong. So it could actually still fit into the canon of the, the series, but, you know, it's, it's telling it differently. Um, and then the gameplay's cool, it's like, it's very Ratchet and Clank, there's not much different to say there, it's like if you played a Ratchet and Clank game, you know how this plays. Um, so no, I really enjoyed it, like, I, you know, I'd say it's one of the better games I've played this year, so I thought it was good. And now, I have moved on to a game that I know you do not like, David, and that is Unravel. Yes. <laughs> yep. And why, why didn't you like it again? What, you said it was clunky, didn't you? I just felt that I think they were going for like the limbo style puzzle platformer. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, where but to me, limbo was amazing. It looked good and it played well. Yeah, the character moved to how you wanted it to move. I just think unraveled. It just seemed as though the character that itself didn't quite move how you wanted it to move. Right. It felt a I... bit more like the Little Big Planet because I hate that game as well. Right. Okay. All right. Now that makes sense. Uh, it, you know, it does feel a little bit like that. I would say, I'd say like I, it, 
in its like clunkiness, and I wouldn't call it clunkiness, but I'd, I'd call it kind of weight to the character. And it's kind of yeah. like how weighty the character feels. I fully agree in the sense that it feels like Little Big Planet, but I also felt like it felt like Limbo. Like they don't feel like they can jump super high and all the way to the other side of the screen. Like they they feel weighted. Um, I never hit a point though where I was like, oh, this is this is clumsy. Like I can't beat this uh, this puzzle because it's actually clumsy. Um, I felt like like if I did it right, it worked. The the thing I would say, though, is I, I don't have any problem with the mechanics. You know, sometimes I, I felt it got a little bit too hard. Maybe that's because I'm shit at puzzle games, but whatever. <laughs> um, but the gameplay I thought was fine. I thought it was kind of... I think I think you're right, and like it's trying to be Limbo, because Limbo had this amazing atmosphere. It had this amazing art design. Uh, simple, but like, uh, you know, intelligent gameplay. And at the end, you felt like you you kind of been moved a little bit, like it, it was a bit of an emotional story. With Unravel, it's like, yeah, it's got really cool graphics, you know, nice art direction. Yeah, the gameplay's pretty good. Yeah, the music's all right, but like I can tell they're trying to make me care and make me feel emotionally invested. And it's like, I want to be, but you're just not hitting the right notes, like. You know, Yanni is supposed to be this like super endearing, lovable character, and it's kind of like, nah, like he's just a character, man. Like, I, I, I'm not. They're not. You know, it's a good game, but they're not doing a good enough job at making me emotionally invested, like games like Limbo have. You know. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think it was very weird for EA to basically announce that they were working on a sequel basically days after it came out. Yeah. Or maybe even just before it came out. Yeah, it was it was really close to around the time it came out. I don't know if it was before or after, but yeah, they said like Unravel Two's a go. And but as I say, I like I'm I think it's I think the best way I can say it, like, it's a good game. But it's nothing more than like it's a it's a game that you'll play, you'll beat it and you'll go, eh, it was alright. But you know, it's not doing anything else to me. I mean, I always think it was funny. Literally a couple of days, week before it came out, everyone was talking about how amazing it was. And then the week after it came out, everyone was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was no talk, no hype. It was just, yeah, that's a game. Yeah, and that's exactly what I think it is. Like, it's just it's not bad by any means. Like it's it's got really really pretty art direction, and like it's not a bad game to play. It just it doesn't do anything more. Like it's just it's there. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I I think that it just feels very soulless. Yeah, yeah, it it's like, and I I don't know why I should feel bad. I don't feel bad but i do like feel for the guys who made it because like you know they had that that uh infamously uh endearing like thing on e3 uh presence like e3 and then they have like a little a little note um at yeah, the beginning at of the, the game beginning. which is like hey man like we worked really hard on this thanks so much for playing it and it's like that's really nice but i also still don't like it that much yeah it's I don't know. I think they did their best, but I like I don't know if this was their first game or if they'd done a couple. I'm I'm not sure, but I mean it just I like it could have been more. It it could have been something else. Yeah. So have you been doing anything else or um, is that about it? I mean, I've re- you know, uh content wise it's kind of like uh Edited together your Grand Prix review. Um, yeah. uh, finished my review for In Between, which I was really surprised by. Did you mean to um, say it wrong as a joke, or did you just say it like that? What? What's his name? The the game you just said the Grand Prix. What about it? You said Grand Prix. Oh no! I always do that. Yeah. <laughs> I always. Yeah, I know it's Grand Prix, but I always go Grand Prix. Grand. Fuck me. But I didn't know if you were waiting for me to laugh or not, and I was like, oh, awkward. <laughs> no, no, that's literally like me. Just I always think, oh, Grand Prix. Oh, fuck, no, it's Grand Prix. God damn it. 
I remember years um, ago there was the BBC used to play the Grand Prix sort of racing and there was like a clip where it was like a kids TV show live with like loads of kids, whatever, sat in a big studio. Yeah. And they let one of the kids sort of say, like, and coming up next is the Grand Prix. And the kids like, looked at the cameras and coming up next is the Grand Prix. Yeah. And like, everyone started laughing. He was like, well, he says pricks, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, but, yeah. I don't know. I think it's one of those ones people forget. It's like, um, I was at I was at KFC with my girlfriend recently, and you know how it's a Colonel's lunch, you know it's Colonel Sanders. Yeah. I did genuinely not know that it was spelt C O L O N E L. So every time I would go to order, I'd be like, "Can I get a Colonel's lunch?" <laughs> and they'd be like. Yeah, and then my girlfriend was like, what the fuck is a colonel's lunch? And I was like, a colonel's lunch, it's right there. She's like, dear God, do you not know what colonel is spelt like? And I was like, yeah, K-E-R-N-E-L. She's like, that's popcorn colonel. Oh. I genuinely, in nearly 20 years of existence, did not know that that was colonel. Oh, sad moment. Oh, God. You remind me of my brother. He can't have, um, like, a, an analog sort of watch with a watch face. He has to have digital. Because he can't tell the time with, like, a proper I'm not that bad. I'm not, I know how to tell the time, David. <laughs> and he's, right. like, nearly 40. <laughs> I know how to tell the time, right? <laughs> you know? Some people are bad at different things. I know there are still some people who don't know their left from right without having to, like, put their hand up and being like, this is my right hand. But there's just there's just a couple words that, like, you know, they're spelt, you know, in a way, and then you just I mean, read I'll, I'll them how they're spelt, you know. The English language is a joke. It, it's, it's legitimately one of the hardest languages. Like, when people from foreign countries try and learn our language, it's just like, it's like when when you try learn a language as a as a native English speaker, and it's different to to English. There are like at least some rules you can pick up and go, okay, I can connect the dots. With English, it's just a clusterfuck of like, there's no rules, there's no logic. It's just here's everything. All these words sound the same, but they're spelled differently and they mean different things. And it's like, oh god. I mean, when I was in like, English at school, the bursar said to me. I'm brilliant at freeform, like, writing, but my grammar and spelling is atrocious. Yeah. And basically, I just said, well, why the hell do you need to have four words that are the same word, just spelled differently? Yep. I know you all know, about your grammar and spelling, David. <laughs> yes. I know. I have to fucking edit it. I'm going to sit there going, what the hell is this guy trying to say? I remember when I was writing my story, well, me, me book or whatever, and I sent someone about four chapters to read through and proofread. Right. And the email, he emailed me back saying, do I not know about a full stop? Yeah, like, uh, all right, okay. like, I'll just say, I'll say, no offense, but I'm reading your Grand Prix review, right? And you had one sentence where you were like, and one, this. And then you never said two or three. Like, you started off, you're like, and here's a list of my opinions. I, one, I'll let you in on a I secret. Right. I, I write them on my mobile phone during my breaks at work. Yeah. So, when I'm writing them, I'll save the file, and then I'll finish my break, so I'll come back to it, and... I might have forgot where I got to and just start writing again. Right. And I'm too right, lazy uh, to read through it again. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure there's a reason. I'm just saying I see some, some and, weird things sometimes. And I'll hold my hand up. I am retarded. You know, so. <laughs> I can't believe you went on this whole tangent literally because I said pricks. I know. <laughs> Um, so anyway, the last thing I was saying is, yeah, I played, um, in between, 
I thought you were mocking me on that when you were like, did you just say that I was like in between? Is it? That's the name that I've seen on the game. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I thought in between was like, I, when I first looked at it, I was like, this is the most boring art style ever. Like it looks so dull and just uninspired. And then as I we got thought, playing it. I thought the actual, the story bits, you know, where it's like big, massive, full screen characters. I thought they looked not too bad. Well, yeah, the, the more I played, the more the, the art style kind of grew on me a little bit more. Um, but I actually, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought like the, the puzzle platforming, like, you know, initially I was like, why the fuck can I jump? Like, this is a platformer. And then I was like, well, actually, no, these gravity mechanics are quite cool. Um, Mm. and they've got some smart level design there. And, and the story was like actually really sad. Like talking about cancer and stuff. I was like, wow, this is actually, this is kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, the email that the PR team sent over when they sent the review cards, the the main, like, headline of the email was, you know, like, watch someone die or something. It's like, yeah. You know, it's like the story yeah. of someone's last few, you know, last breaths or something stupid. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, no, I But, mean... I mean, I played it and, I mean, I didn't get far into it because... One, I don't do puzzles, and two, I don't have time. But right, some of the mechanics I really enjoyed. I mean, how far did you get into the game? I, I managed to beat it. When I was playing it, I wished that... Do you know when you changed the gravity? I wished yeah. that while you were in midair, you could change it again to sort of alter your fall. Yeah, yeah, I that's one of the things that I got annoyed about initially is, you know, I I think it was well, I'm, I'm floating this way, why why is it not working? And then it'd be like, oh, actually, I just haven't worked out the actual puzzle they're trying to get me to solve. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it was eh, once I got the hang of it, it was like, okay, this is cool, and I really liked the, like I wrote in my review, I really liked the kind of personifications of the feelings, you know, like anger, uh. Uh, what was it? I can't even remember what the other one was, but they had like anger, and it was personified by like these glowing red orbs that if you touched, you died. And it was like, oh, that's cool. Like they've actually turned these emotions into gameplay elements. Yeah, I mean, I got to the part where it's like you're scared of the dark, and if you face the darkness, it doesn't come towards you, but if you face away from it, or something it comes at you. Yeah. And yeah, no, that was yeah. the, that was the first emotional one. Yeah, I really enjoyed the game. I, I mean, it's, it's some of that I could see myself going back to, but it's it's one of those things where I don't have. I mean, this week I've hardly done anything. You know, yeah, it's quite scary. <laughs> what just in terms of video game stuff or life in general? Um, life in general. I mean, I've written two or three reviews at work during my breaks, um, but I've been basically doing work all week. And then this week coming, I have to go in like an hour early every day. Yeah. So I'll be even less time to do stuff. But I don't know. It's, it's all fun. Yeah, no, I I've been trying to do more because I had, um, what was it? I've been writing for my own uh, personal like stuff. I've been writing like news posts every day, so I wrote one the other day about like Watch Dogs Two. I wrote one today about Ali Noir's sequel, um, and then did the In Between review. Uh, did the editing for the Grand Prix, um, working on a piece, working on a couple reviews now for like Unravel and Ratchet and Clank just cause. Um, and then I'm trying to do, uh, for the news video for Monday, I'm trying to do like a big E3 special. So I'm trying to do like a whole ton of, um, kind of yeah, improved, I mean, improved graphics. That's something else that 
fluffled my whole week. I've just remembered the Eagle box, the little Android box that we're selling. Yeah. I actually got one to try and play and test with. So I've been playing with that, uploading ROMs on it to see what emulates, you know, what games it can emulate and things like that. Yeah. And I was, I got my green screen out and I was trying to make like a video for it and and that takes ages to do all the effects and even though I'm trying to make it look like a really dodgy early 90s proper psychedelic video with things floating yeah. in midair and but I need to get Justin to do the voiceover for it before that goes out but yeah, I mean, it's like a, nice a two-minute video. It took hours. Yeah, they do. Well, video, that's why I say, because I've had, like, people in the past go, like, hey, like, we'll pay you to make a video. Like, just make a video, you know, and we'll, you know. And it, but it's like, well, making a video takes, like, a lot of time. Like, yeah. people don't realize it's, like, it's actually super time-consuming to kind of, until you nut it down to a, like, concise formula that you're repeating every week. So it's like I've been able to kind of get down the time for the news videos that I put out. But, you know, when you think about it, it's like, well, I had to go and research the stories. Then you script it. Then you film it. You've got to do a t- couple takes for that. you got to make sure the lighting's all right. Then you got to go upload all the footage to the right place. you got to find some source footage of video games to, like, splice in. Then you got to edit it all together. Then you got to upload it. Send- like, it, it takes time. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I realized that kind of sucks. Like with doing arty kind of stuff or like doing video game kind of stuff is um, a lot of companies who don't focus on doing that content kind of don't appreciate it. Like I had someone because uh, I did the caricatures for the podcast, and then I posted just some on my Facebook, and I had one guy um, like a like a company kind of who worked yeah he worked for like a, a company and he was kind of like oh could you uh could you draw me a few and i was like yeah sure man and he's like uh cool like uh i'll give you you know 20 bucks for five and then i thought i was like well like they take me an hour and a half to draw 20 bucks for five it's like you're charging like less than minimum weight like, you know what i mean like people i just I don't think people appreciate, like, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into making videos and, and writing the reviews that, like, our site makes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I mean, like, even just dealing with some of our so-called staff, when it's just to ask them to do a review, I mean, they're getting the game for free most of the time. And... I mean, what's it take, about 40 minutes to sit down and write a 400, 500 word review? Yeah, I'd say when it comes to me doing like the 400, 500, I think, I'd I'd say it's like 40 minutes to an hour for me. You know, so it's not exactly massively time consuming. And, but that's one of the things that like annoys me, the fact that like everyone's saying, oh, I want this, I want that, I want this. But it's like, yes, it's nice to get those, but unfortunately... Like IGN does that, and big games, I mean, I'll be honest, big games do not do well on the site because everyone just goes to IGN or Kotaku. Yeah, everyone goes to the, the bigger sites, yeah. It's the indie games and the smaller games other people aren't reviewing. They're the ones who do massive numbers. Okay. Because, I mean, I've always said, I did a review for Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. And in the same sort of time frame, I did a review for, I think it was a game called Police Force 2, which was like a, a really cheap budget 3D police simulator, like Grand Theft auto sort of style. Yeah. And the Grand Theft Auto review m- maybe had about 500 views in a week, but the Police Force had about 5,000 in the same week. Shoot. You know, but it's because when you went onto Google and typed "police fast review," our search was right at the number one. Right, whereas like Grand Theft Auto, you've got a million to compete with. Yeah, yeah. I so, think I, mean, I think you what... need a yeah. I think you need a good mix of the few that the like yeah the yeah two. yeah. Because I reckon you want to you want some big ones because like 
if you you like I think the big ones sometimes kind of get people's attention and show oh like they review everything but then the fact that you also cater to the indie people means like you've also got that one up on the the bigger websites that can't afford to do that yeah but yeah that's just my opinion yeah Yeah. it's and I, I get what you mean I get what you mean about the um sending the the games off to people though and then them being like oh, I can't write 400 words like I think that's where you kind of have to then like prioritize like well who's getting stuff you know it, it kind of gets to the point it's like well you know say a couple of people ask for a game well who do I know who's going to get me the review for that game in a couple of days or a week and who do I know who's going to ask for the game and then I might not hear for them for two weeks three weeks so yeah because it's like it's a, I'm trying yeah. to think what game it was. It was a game for the PS4. What the hell was it now? Oh, Steam World Heist. We oh, got yeah. the codes before E3, and the guy still hasn't sent the review back. Yeah, and it's like I don't like bitching to people. Yeah, but no. people. The PR teams email me saying, where's the review? Where's the review? And I know they're only doing their job, but they've given out games worth 20, 30, 60 quid, and they want to know it's up on a website. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's what I say. Like, you've got to... And then and I feel like in this industry, um, I feel like one of the reasons it's hard to get noticed and hard to kind of, you know, rise through the ranks, become like a very successful video game journalist is everyone wants to be a video game journalist to play games. Everyone wants yeah. a free game to play and to keep the free game. And there are very few people who are actually like, I want to write a new article every day because not only do I like video games, I like writing about them and I like learning more about the industry. So, there are very few people like that, but the hard part is how do you wheedle those people out of the mass of people who just want free games? So, I mean, I think that's like a big problem in the industry as a whole. And I, I think, David, it just comes down to the fact that you've got to go, well, if a couple people ask me for a game, who do I know is going to get it done? If you, if you want the review to, to come out in an appropriate time, you've got to give it to the person who kind of you know you can rely on. Because in the real world, it's like, if you... You know, if you're asked to do a job for a company and it takes you three weeks to do it, you're going to get fired. And you don't have to, like, let people go, but, you know, if you want reviews to go out, you've got to give them to the people who get them done. Like, um, yeah, as, as I said, it's like, what about those um, those guys you gave the, the microphones to and then they don't come on the podcast anymore? Like, that's super unfortunate, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I know, I know, but what can you do? Yeah, it's just a, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. Yeah, and especially get... when we've only just started to get sponsorship and a lot of the time it's all coming out of my money and I don't have much to start with. Yeah, well, yeah, and then again it comes that fine line of what's like, well, you've got to make sure the people who are doing a good job and helping the site grow feel like, you know, they have the equipment they need or they feel like they're, you know being benefited for their time, but at the same time, it's like, we well, don't want to just be handing out money to everyone. No. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, the so-called team has been culled from, I think there was about 31 members at one time, and it's been culled to about 12. Yeah. And out of those 12, there's maybe about four. If anyone asked, I would say, yes, they're good people. Yeah. You know, so that's... I think a lot of people, when they apply to say, say, yes, I want to be a reviewer, as you said, they want games they don't want to write, which is like, that's stupid. Yeah, that's not what a game reviewer is. It's not what a game journalist is. And I mean, I would accept it if they didn't want to write, if they just wanted to do video reviews... Yeah, be a, be a Twitch streamer, make YouTube stuff. A lot of people that I've sort of said that to, like, I don't, I don't want to stream. So, well, what do you want to do? Yeah, you've got to offer something. Like, as I say, like, there'll be times where, I, like, like I wasn't really fond of, 
you know, like I can do a let's play, but I used to do them a lot in the past. And so like, I was like, uh, with my schedule, I'm not looking to do that. I can make a news show. I can do that every week. So I don't know. But at the same time, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like for me, the last couple of weeks, I had like a whole ton of really big exams at uni and I had a whole ton of other stuff on that I had to work on. So it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm not going to be as prominent for the next two weeks, you know? And I, I tried to do that with the, you know, like not asking for games or anything to review and stuff. And I, cause I had that one, the in between that I was working on, it was just like, might take me a little bit longer, but I won't, you know, I'm not going to try to get any other games to play. I'm going to try nail this out and get my exams done and all that. So you never know when people are in those kind of situations either. Well, I mean, I've, I've always said to people, you know, I, I like to like, Say there's a family matter or you're doing exams or anything like that. I, I always like to know, you know, so like, very sorry, doing this, this, this. I'll walk be here for about two, three weeks. Yeah. That way, because I don't know about yourself, but when I'm emailing out to, even though it's like 15 people and no one replies. Yeah, you just don't know what's going on. And it's just like, but I'm one of these people that... It, it shouldn't, but it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a free game. I know it's shit, but just take it. Yeah. You know, and... But I mean, like, we've had some people before who seemed proper genuine and proper nice. And then I've had emails from PR teams saying... Oh, why have you asked for this game? We already sent it to one of your reviewers and they sent uh, the email address and that. And then I emailed the guy saying, oh, why are you asking for the game and not telling me? So it makes me look stupid asking for the game again. Yeah. And they just never replied to me. That's and weird. then I basically emailed them saying, are you going to review the game for the site or not? And then completely blanked. So I emailed the company saying, very sorry, the guy has taken the code. He's no longer with the site. I'll buy the game myself and review it. Yeah, and then that you just know, makes the, the company look bad. So, Yeah, and but unfortunately, I think someone like me who's in my 30s, I mean, I don't want to be doing written reviews because you've seen my handwrite, well, handwrite, my grammar, it's shit. Yeah. And, but unfortunately... I have to do loads because no one else wants to do them. Right. And I don't have the time to be doing that. I have to do a lot of other behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't even notice I'm doing. Right. You know, but... I don't know. It's one of these things where, hopefully... I mean, I would love it just to have a team of, like, five dedicated people and basically pay them a weekly wage. Yeah. You know, but it's what we're in a situation where, I mean, we're only getting like, I mean, if we were able to get our other podcast sponsored, we might be able to be bringing in, about two, three hundred dollars a month, which that's right. not even enough for me to live on. Yeah, you know, I I need like one thousand eight hundred dollars a month just to live on to pay my rent. Yeah, you know, so I mean, anyway, people don't notice, but the podcast that's like a hundred pound a year to renew that. Yeah, and the website's about two hundred and fifty pound a year to renew that. And then all the other bits and bobs, like the, the domain names, they're like 50 quid a year. And, you know, yeah. it's all little things that people don't notice. But... All adds up. Anyway, after this long tangent about yeah. the state of the industry, David, what have you been playing this week? I have been playing a game I can't talk about. Oh, okay. As as the first one, I mean, I'll say the the tech no answer, but unfortunately it's embargoed until the twenty eighth, I believe it was. 
Right. So it's only a couple of days away. I mean, when are we now? This goes up Sunday, so... No, it'll go up on the 27th. I still can't talk about it. <laughs> but, I mean, the main game that I've been playing, I got a review code for Dino Dini's Kickoff Revival. Right. But I also pre-ordered the game, and I've got the, the game itself in my hands. So I do have a spare code for that. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether just to give it away or to give it to one of the team to review. But it's basically it's a soccer game, as you Americans would say. I'm not. American, I only say that. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm saying that because eighty percent of the people that download us are American. Oh, okay. Which is weird. I mean, yeah, for I a used largely to, like British podcast. Yeah. I, mean, I used to have the ability on a different web. On the other server where we used to have the podcast, it used to have hour-by-hour hour, like updates of where people are in the world, who's listened, how long they listened for, how many downloads there was, and everything like that, yeah. which was very amazing. You know, it was like people in China and India and all weird and wonderful places that we used to download us. Yeah. It's crazy. Really? Anyway, I think I think our biggest ever podcast... Is the one where we had, I can't remember his name now, but the one of the guys from Running With Scissors who did the, oh God, the Postal Games. Oh, yeah. And just the first day, I think it was about 7,000 downloads. Wow. it's pretty good. You know, so... Unfortunately, the new podcast server hosting thing doesn't actually show downloads or anything on this one. It's a little bit cheaper to downgrade. Yeah. Um, but we're still pushing through on iTunes and our... I think on the iTunes, it actually show It doesn't tell you how many, it just says how popular the podcast is. Yeah. And our popularity seems to be getting higher on the chart, so I, I would take it as that's more downloads. Yeah. So, but yeah, so getting back to this kickoff revival, I mean, I don't know what you guys are like over there for football games. I mean, I mean, some people play them. I mean, it's not really my cup of tea. Me and my brother, if we're going to play a sports game, we usually end up playing rugby. Um, how many rugby games is there? There's a couple. They're all terrible. Uh, yeah, there's. Um, yeah, I was going to say there was one last year that was one of the worst games of the year. Yeah, there's all done like Rugby World Cups are absolutely shocking. But me and him always go back to playing uh, Rugby World Cup 2011, which isn't that bad. It's actually pretty fun. So we play that on like 360 whenever we get bored sometimes. Because I mean, I think there was one a few years ago that came out from the team who did the Jono Lomu game on PS1. Yeah. But I can't remember what it was called. But yeah, so this game, it's based on the original kickoff, which I believe, I might get it wrong, was about 1989 when it came out. Right. And it was a very simple top-down view. But the difference is, do you know nowadays where, like on FIFA or PES, you've got the ball and you're running and you just turn and then the ball just sticks to your foot and turns with you? Yeah. This is one of those games where if you're going in a straight line, the ball stays with you. But as soon as you turn, it just carries on going straight. Yeah, yeah. There's no sticking mechanic. Yeah, I remember those. It is so hard. And <laughs> this... I mean, I don't... I, I don't want to be down on it because I like the developer and I loved the original game. And technically, I would probably love this if I had time to sit and play it and play it and play it. But there's not many teams. There's not many mods. Yeah. True, it was about £8, so it's not exactly expensive. But it just doesn't have much content. And 
the social soccer game that I played from John Hare when I was at the Glasgow Expo a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That was technically like a 50% build alpha of that game. That played yeah. so much better than what this finished game does. Yeah. Okay. You know, but I guess that's more my style where the ball sort of sticks to your feet and it's still the top-down view of the fast player. So it's just, it's easier to pick it up and play. Whereas this one, you have to put the time in. Yeah, to get good. And when I was 10, I was amazing at those games. Because I used to just come in from school and just sit on in front of the TV and play it until yeah. I went to bed. Whereas now I get like an hour a week or whatever to sit and play something. And yeah, it's just it's... not not enough time to actually dedicate to the systems needed for those sort of games to learn them yeah but i mean the stadium looks terrible you know there's like buildings in the background and they're just solid blocks yeah one thing i do like though is when you do a slide tackle it leaves like a big line on the pitch where you slid and after you finish the match it's just like thousands of lines all over the pitch that's kind of cool but it's all like one button control. So you just press the one button to shoot and pass. Then the analog stick to move your man. And that's basically it. Yeah. But I mean, buy it just because it's like an indie developer. The guy I've been trying to get on the podcast for weeks and months. Yep. But unfortunately, he's a bit of a... like. I won't say recluse, but he's He'd not one... not to be in front of camera. Yeah, he doesn't want to... Well, we also had an, a bit of an argument on Twitter once a few months ago. <clears throat> Here we so, go. Well... <laughs> David causing some more enemies, God damn it! I'll tell you what happened. Does he work for Nintendo? No. He works for himself. But what happened was, there's a team making a game called Player Manager World, or The Player Manager World. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. Right. And Dino Dini made Player Manager 1 and 2. Okay. And he's been tweeting, saying he's got nothing to do with this game. They've taken his engine, his everything without permission and they're using it oh god okay and they're basically tweeting back saying loads of stuff and there was a big hoo-ha and i actually had one of the developers on from that mobile game yeah and when i was tweeting the show out for that week i was like oh we had this guy on from you know from the 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 kickoff world whatever it was called mm-hmm. and player manager world and Dina Dini was like, oh, don't talk to them, they're, you know, blah, 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 whatever. So I thought, oh, I'll just sort of push a few buttons and try to get a bit of hype. Yeah. And it, it didn't enjoy my jest. <laughs> yeah, okay. <clears throat> but, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean nothing in it. I was just, you yeah, know, trying yeah, to be... But I, I guess over Twitter, it's hard to work out what's serious and what's not serious. Yeah. Because... One podcast emailed me with a cease and desist because they said that our podcast sort of like, do you know the image? Yeah. I sort of paid someone to, I took a picture of an old magazine cover. I think it was a Sega Saturn magazine cover. Right. And I said, oh, I'd like you to do a template to copy that style with our logo and some written text on it. So we can just change the main picture and change bits and bobs every week. And they mm-hmm. did that and emailed it back to me. And I was like, yeah, that's great. And we were using that for about a year and a half. And then this podcast, retro podcast, emailed me. No, they tweeted me saying, that cover looks awfully like ours. And of course, me being stupid, I tweeted back saying, yeah, we copied you. Don't you know? Oh, just as a joke. And then they... Oh, my God. The amount of shit they gave us. 
And it's just like, oh, yeah. do you know what? We had nothing, you know, I didn't even know your podcast when we started. But just to, I just changed the cover design and paid someone else to design something completely different. But, oh, my God, the amount of shit they did. It was like, oh, you can't use our stuff. We're building a brand team. We don't want others to think that anything, this, that, that. Oh, shut the hell up. Yeah, yeah, right. You talk about games, who cares? But, yeah, so that, I think, is basically the only game I've been playing, the kickoff That revival. was such a long tangent just to be like, and that's what I'm playing. <laughs> I have, however been playing some games on the eagle box so i've downloaded a couple of dreamcast games some mega drive games right uh ps1 games so i had ridge racer type 4 i love that game so much and i can happily say that a lot of the games worked flawlessly on the little device and you can buy the eagle box with a controller bluetooth controller with a proper little remote control and all the wires and cables and stuff for about 60 quid with free postage. That's pretty good, to be honest. So that. And last week, me and my girlfriend, we watched. I've just blanked on what we watched. You, you were it was mid-sentence. Of, yeah. Um, X-Men was the week before. What did we watch last week? I can't remember. All I know that it wasn't very good. Oh, it was the new Dad's Army movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it, it's not that good. But, okay. yeah, it streams movies through Cody on it, so that's brilliant. You watch stuff for free. Not that we recommend that kind of thing. Do you have any news that you want to talk about, or do we have an early podcast? Um, what kind of news was there this week? I mean, it was post E3, so it was kind of all just like developers making comments about, uh, you know, just kind of what they'd already showed. Um, yeah. Kind of the some of the more interesting things, like I took away uh, Watch Dogs Two. Um, they're breaking away from the the tower system. You know how a lot of Ubisoft games, like you climb to some vantage point or some tower. You unlock a new area, all the activities show up on the map. Yes, even um, Drive Club had that sort of mechanic. Yeah, every Ubisoft <laughs> game has it. Well, uh, Watch Dogs 2 apparently will not. It'll be like fully open world in the sense of like go and explore, find things to do. We're not just going to show them on the map. And kind of side missions and stuff will pop up, but they won't pop up from you like unlocking a tower. They'll pop up from you building uh, kind of your team. So, like, uh, as Marcus, you're kind of, one of your jobs is to go out and recruit members of the hacker group, uh, DeadSec. So you've got to go find new members, bring them in, kind of train them up. Uh, and so by, like, getting in new members, you unlock more missions, more side content, because, you know, your influence is, is greater. So I thought that was cool that they're kind of trying to do something different. You know, Watch Dogs 2, everything they've said so far is like what I want to hear, you know, better, better movement system with the parkour, a lot more freedom with the hacking. looks like they're trying to break away from the formula that they've, they've gotten so accustomed to. Um, and then the, the other piece of news that I, I found personally interesting was, um, was, uh, the kind of rumors about North, the Norse mythology of the new God of war and how, uh, some people are saying, they're like, well, if you want to go into Norse mythology, wouldn't it be awesome if, like, I think there was a, in the God of War trailer, I think there was a scene where, like, the sun shoots, like, an electric arrow or something, and um, they were like, hey, um, the developers are kind of hinting that this is set, like, before the time of the Vikings, you know, when the gods still kind of roamed the earth in their Viking mythology, and they were kind of still on the earth and stuff before the Vikings came about and then the gods left. Um, what if Kratos actually ends up being Odin and his son is Thor? And I heard 
the, they were thinking the yeah, Thor, yeah. And I mean, I think that's kind of cool. Like, you're the son of Zeus in Greek mythology, and then you leave to become Odin, and then you raise Thor, and then, like, what if you get to play as Thor eventually? Like, I think that's a really kind of cool way to link the two mythologies. Yeah, I think it could be quite different. No, you don't. You don't seem to be a fan, David. I'm. I'm not a big fan of um, God of War. I mean, this looks completely different to the old ones. Yes, it does. I'll give it that. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, though. All right, before we end the podcast. Yep. Topic of discussion. Yep. Because as an as an older gamer compared to me, a younger gamer, I want to see your mm-hmm. opinion. So I went on the IGN comment forums. You know, the comment... Keep the away comment from section. them. Yeah, the comment sections below... I one took of comments videos. off our website. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. They, can, they, can be pretty, they can be pretty vile sometimes, but they can also be a place of discussion. And one of the things I found was IGN named its game of the show Zelda. Zelda. I was... So against that, that yeah, but they're American. The, well, I went into the comment section and I said, in honesty, I think Zelda won because of nostalgia. Because to me, this game looks last gen. It doesn't like it's got a cool art style, but it, like graphically, it's not impressive. And gameplay wise, like, what is it doing differently? You know, what what what's something new that it's doing? Because you know, God of War looks amazing graphically, and they've completely changed the direction of that series, and I did not care about God of War before this, now I do. I did not care about Zelda before us. I still don't. And the fact that, like, if you want to talk about, like, the game of the show should go to a game that technically or graphically does something that could not have been done before. Like, it does something unique. So I thought games like Days Gone, which showed, like, a million zombies on screen all at once. Something I've never seen in the game before, like AI of that amount acting like in that way. I thought something like that would have deserved Game of the Show because it was like, well, I've never seen that before. So I asked, I was like, what does Zelda do differently? And people were like, you can climb any surface. You know? And I was like, yeah, I did that in 2001 in Spider-Man. And it's like, okay, well, you can hunt and fish with the same weapons you use to kill enemies. And I was like, yeah, I did that three years ago in Far Cry. Like, no one could tell me definitively this is what you can do that you've never seen before in a game. So, I mean, what what, what was your opinion on the amount of praise Zelda got? Because I just, I, I didn't understand it. Like, it, it genuinely felt like people were just like, it's Zelda and it looks good. Therefore, it's amazing. For me, I've never been a Zelda fan. I've always thought that the, the, the games are overrated. Yeah. The good games, but they're just nothing special in my opinion. Yeah. And this game, this new Zelda, when Nintendo showed the trailer that they were able to cut and edit, looked amazing. When they showed the open world, it looked bare, barren, and glitchy as hell. Yeah. You know, so to me, it just doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look great. But, I mean, I can admit, Zelda for the Nintendo 64... That, at the time, was amazing. Mm. Going back now, it's almost unplayable because of the controls and the pad and whatnot. But at the time, they were amazing games. Yeah. I just don't think the SNES or the NES Zeldas were that good. But because America's the focal point of every reviewer... Right. Nintendo was 99% domination in America. So, like, Zelda and Mario 3, games that I've not... I've played, but I don't really... It's like, meh. 
yeah. you know, the, the good games, but I just don't have no feeling for him. If you mention that to an American, it's as if you've killed their mother. Yeah. Because like, as I said before, when I was talking, saying that I wasn't a big fan of Zelda, and a developer emailed me on Facebook saying that I made him cry and I killed him on the inside because of what I said. Right. It's like, what the hell are you going on about? But, I don't know. It's one of those weird things that I just think certain websites, I think Nintendo should not be talked about for the last two, three years. I mean, what have they done? But yet, there's still massive headlines on certain big American websites. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't get the infatuation with Zelda. It's just, yeah, I just don't understand it. No, neither do I, mate. Neither do I. So I think that'll do. We've been talking for about an hour, so yeah, I think that'll do. We need to get, like, a proper dedicated people to, to actually say that they'll be here, like, every week or whatever. Yeah, where, where, where is Matt and George been? George says he's been busy and doing something, but he doesn't go into any details. Okay. And Matt said that he's with family this weekend, which right. I've always said family and work always comes first because this is just, you know, it's not as if... I'm paying a lot of money. You mean you're getting most of the games for free, but you know it's not as if you're getting cash. Yeah. Unless you're the two people. I mean, true. Sean was on this week, and he said he's moved his PC downstairs, so he'll try and be on more. I got him a, a microphone, and the other guy, I bought him a microphone as well. I think he's been back on. Yeah. Which is weird, because he was on for basically near enough every week for two years before that. Yeah. You know, so... But anyway, please buy our Eagle Box. Yeah, Eagle Box. From what I'm gaming, get yourself sorted. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I was shocked how quick it arrived. Yeah, no, you went on, like... Like that, just so quick. Literally two-day postage. And I mean, with technology now, they give, like, they give you the DHL tracking. And I could see it, it was at the, picked up in China. An hour later, went to the Chinese airport thing, checked in. Then like five minutes later, it said it was in the air. And then it went to customs, sat there for a couple of hours, went over to Germany, checked in, five minutes later, checked out, 45 minutes later, in the UK, went to customs the next morning, got delivered up to Glasgow, and then it actually came out that day. So it it literally under two days to get from China to England. Mm, That's really good. Which is bloody crazy. Yeah. But... Other than that, please look on our website, oneupgaming.co.uk. We've got Twitch, which we'll hopefully start using a bit more now because we're hopefully going to be at least live streaming our podcasts again. Um, I might live stream some of this kickoff game, but I had a quick go on. Jesus Christ, I'm crap at it so far. It's going to take hours just to get used to it. Yeah. Uh, we've got Facebook. Um, that's a problem when I've got this big screen up. I can't have me me text up. So you can email us at us at contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. You can tweet us at OUG official and anything else you can find. But please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. If we manage to get about eight reviews for this podcast, which I think we're up to seven, and 
eight reviews on our other podcast, OUG Talks, which I think we're up to about four or five, then I'll give away a Windows 10 8-inch tablet, a Toshiba one, so I'll give that away to someone. I mean, it's annoying, you know, because, I mean, how long does it take to do it like a like a user review and to click five stars or whatever, four stars. Yeah. And even my girlfriend won't do it. (laughs) You know, so... (laughs) And you can't rate your own podcast, so that's annoying. And, um, yeah, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at HashBrownAddict on Twitter. Do you like Hash Browns? I did when I was 15, and I stuck with the name. What are hash browns like in New Zealand? Because they're different in different places. Um, it's just like square potato that you cook in a fry pan or whatever. Like, it's just nice. Because in the UK, hash browns are normally like a triangle shape, like mashed potato with like a, a batter sort of around it. Maybe not a batter, like fried bread. Cr- like, kind like of, it's, yeah. it's pretty crispy. It's pretty similar, yeah. But in America, it's shredded potato, fried, and it's put in a pile on your plate. Yeah, no, no, no. We we have more like the British version. Yeah. No, it's just it's just weird when you see weird and wonderful foods from around the world. Yeah, so true. I, I still love it when I talk to people about brown sauce and no one knows what I talk about. I tried to send Justin a pack of brown sauce... The yeah. brown sauce was one pound twenty, but the delivery charge was like twenty some pound. Yeah. And unfortunately, he never received it. <laughs> <laughs> Twats. They gave me. They said they'd give me a refund for the package for the actual stuff, but not for the postage. They like, oh, keep it. It's only a quid. I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, it's. God, it's nearly one o'clock in the morning. That's better than normal. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll end it there then. So that's us, guys. Uh, I'm Chris. That's I'm David. David. Yeah, that's David. And yeah. uh, and uh, thanks for joining us this week, guys. Make sure you uh, you follow us like we said, and we'll, we'll see you next time. So one part gaming, one part rambling. Back next week. That's it. Hey, guys. Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular in that way and I wanted to say I think you're great I've always said that about you and I was wondering if you think we're great if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes we'd really appreciate it it would really really help us out in that you know podcasty sort of way and if you're feeling particularly festive perhaps even a little saucy maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way after all Every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.